Hey guys, welcome to Speaking of Football. So the draft was uh, just about a week ago and we are recovering from it. Uh, And so now we're going to talk about it. We've got Mike on here with us again, so that's always fun. Howdy, howdy. Uh, And uh, so yeah, we're just going to talk about, you know, now that we know where all the players went, we can talk about how they're affecting their teams in real life, how they're affecting fantasy and all that, you know, maybe fantasy drafts because a bunch of those have started up now. So let's talk about it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So uh, let's see. Let's start. Who do you guys think, which team do you think for real purposes had the best draft? Uh, Hmm. That's tough. All right, I'll go first. So for me, I think there was a handful at the top. I don't think there was a clear-cut number one winner, but there was definitely some good ones. Uh, For me, obviously, and I'll talk about it more detail in a little bit, were my Cowboys. I think they had a much better draft than they've had in previous years, you know, taking CeeDee Lamb and some of their defensive pieces. I'll go more into it a little bit when we talk about how our favorite teams did. Um, another for me was the Dolphins. Um, you know, they had 14 picks this draft and they turned a good chunk of them into some really good pieces. So I'm kind of interested to see how that team actually produces this year. One for the fact that there's a lot of fresh people coming in and we'll see how it goes. And two with maybe not a ton of off season work happening before the season starts with a whole bunch of rookies. So that might not, might not really see how well their draft went till next year, maybe after they've had some more runtime on the team. And then also, I also think the Vikings did pretty good. Yes. Um, they were up there for me and a couple others. I had noted that did pretty good. I thought were the Cardinals, the Colts and the Ravens. So it's kind of my top echelon, but it was hard to pick a clear cut winner. I don't know. Did you, were you guys able to f- select your, a, a clear winner? Um, Maybe in a biased way, I think the Browns did. Um, the Browns won only because, I mean, it, I am a, a Browns fan, but all, honestly, I mean, I'm not the only one saying that. A lot of people think the Browns had a really great draft because um, a lot of people had Jedrick, Jedrick Wills as the top offensive tackle. They took him at 10. Uh, you know, a lot of people had Grant Delpit as the top safety. They got him in the second. And then some people had Jordan Elliott as one of the top two or three defensive interior lineman and he they got him in the third so it's like they got a ton of great value so and you know they didn't draft any running backs not that they needed to but that's just you know especially most of the teams who drafted running backs too highly are probably the ones that aren't considered winners but um but I I agree with you on the Cowboys though I mean I know you're a Cowboys fan but man that CD Lamb value and Trayvon Diggs that's those are two great picks right there in the first two rounds so can't knock it. Yeah, yeah, I uh I tend to agree. I think the Cowboys had a, a pretty decent draft for sure. Um the Ravens, I also agree. I liked the um I liked the draft of the Cardinals a lot because mm-hmm. I felt like while Isaiah Simmons may not be like I don't I don't know that I would have said it was a position of need for them. They generally just need to get better um on that side of the ball. And I think that um, – what was the guy's name? Their uh, third-round pick, the tackle. Um, 
Josh Jones. Yeah, yeah, Josh Jones. I think he was. I think that was a great pick in that round. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, because quite a a ways. Some people had him pegged as a late first round. Yeah, I I had him going to Miami at eighteen. Yeah, I think right there with you too, and somewhere right around there myself. I think I had him pegged for Miami too. Yeah, he went in the seventies or so. So that's that is. I agree. That's great value for him for sure. And I mean, I think it's worth mentioning. I know that a million. It's been mentioned a million times, but. This draft was just kind of crazy, and I, I mean, I felt it after the end of the first round going into day two. It was like, holy crap, there's like a ton of first-round talent left, mm-hmm. and just in general throughout the draft. It was just a really a, a lot deeper draft than – I mean, I think everybody knew this was going to be a good class, but I think it was – it just – it was a good class. <laughs> um, right. I also thought that the – I mean, it kind of seems like low-hanging fruit, but I thought that the Dolphins did well. They had a million picks, but – I thought that they didn't really like blow any of them. You know, I, I feel like there are definitely teams that I don't know what their draft strategy was, or there were some questionable picks, but I felt like for the most part, um, other than them not taking a running back, which I guess, you know, if they believe in Breda and, and Howard and I guess Balaj, if he's going to be in some sort of, or even <laughs> Patrick Laird, I guess they feel like they have enough pieces to make something work. And I also right. don't know that I'm sure that the Dolphins are going straight for like a, all right, now we win strategy. They may still be in kind of like a, we're going to do okay and keep building. Yeah. Um, Cause they're a really young yeah. team, but I did like their draft for the most part. The only, the only Dolphins pick, the one that makes me not have it as highly as you guys is Austin Jackson. I don't like sure. him as much as other people, um, especially because Josh Jones was there. But at the same time, I can't really say that because clearly the entire NFL doesn't see him as highly as I did. Because no, I agreed, you know, so it's hard to say that. But at this, you know, Austin Jackson just was not high, good enough for me, like to go in the first round, let alone eighteen. So. It's it was questionable, but um, it made me drop them a little bit, maybe to like still a top ten draft. But sure. it's crazy to me, like you said about the Vikings, was you know the the Dolphins we know had a bunch of picks. You know they ended up with twelve, but the Vikings traded down so much they ended up with sixteen picks. Oh, oh that's wow. crazy! Yeah, like they had almost two around. Like, I don't think I realized that. Yeah, so I mean, and they and they had good picks too. It wasn't just like they had an abundance. They picked good players, too. So, I mean, I, I don't know that they had, like, the best value, like you said, with, like, the Cowboys or the, the Ravens or the the Cardinals or the Browns. But, sure. but, but I mean, to have 16 picks and to take even half-decent players at them is pretty good. Yeah, no, it is good. Cool. You mentioned uh, trades, Ian. So, you want to talk some more about that trade topic? Yeah. Um, I know for me – I think I I think I tallied it up. Hang on, how many was it? I think it was I kind of twenty five in total throughout the whole draft weekend. I think twenty five trades happened, and uh, I mean I only had when we did our mock, I only had one trade happening, and that was you know Miami moving up to get Burrow number one. That was kind of just a fun thing that I threw in there. I didn't really think it was going to happen, sure. but um, I think the first trade was the. Uh, Tampa Bay and 49ers trade for Tampa Bay moved up to get uh, Tristan Wirfs. And uh, we kind of talked about John Lynch and some of his antics on the show last week when we were recording. Um, but a surprising one, I think one of the more, su- there was two surprising ones really, but I would probably say one was, I really thought the Patriots were going to take a quarterback with that first round pick at the end there. And they traded out uh, to the chargers 
Yeah, I think what the Chargers selected that linebacker Murray, yeah. I mm-hmm. believe. And then obviously the big surprise one was Green Bay trading up with Miami to grab uh, Jordan Love. Yeah. Uh, that was definitely kind of a surprise there. And then um, a couple other trade notes, and then we can talk about them. I had a oh, there was two actual interconference trades this time. I forget what the second one was, but I did jot down the Eagles and Cowboys actually did an interconference trade, which doesn't normally happen. I forget who the other one was. Um, and then we'd already kind of mentioned Brita had been traded uh, to the, from the 49ers to the Dolphins. And then, uh, you know, we also, we haven't hit it, but uh, Trent Williams finally found a new home. Oh, yeah. And uh, went to the 49ers. 49ers did a lot of trades, actually. Um, That's true. I didn't think of it. Um, 49ers got Trent Williams from the Redskins. And then I think the only other player, active player trade was Godwin to the Eagles from the 49ers as well. 49ers again. Um, but yeah, um, we'll go back. So the, the Patriots trade surprised me, or the Patriots trading back and not selecting the QB, and actually not selecting the QB at all surprised me. Um, and then definitely the Green Bay trade to get love was very shocking as well. Yeah. Um, I liked while we're talking trades, and I know we're going to talk our favorite teams later, but I liked the Saints uh, trading up to get Vaughn. I thought, I mean, he's another one of those guys that could have been taken much earlier, um, was projected to be taken a lot earlier. Linebacker is something that I'm glad we addressed. Um, As far as the Saints overall draft, I mean, I like the players we took, but it just, Ruiz in the first was kind of a a question mark for me. I think he's going to be, I think he's a great player. Uh, I just don't know that it, it was like the best use of our first round pick, but either yeah. way, I know that uh, we're just talking trades here. So that <laughs> the main one that I want to talk about was that trade for Bond. That was I thought that was a pretty good move. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, I think it was nice. Um, yeah, again, it's another. It's like a Homer type of thing again, like you said with the Saints, um, but man, like the Browns traded back and still got. Grant Delpit, you know, like I already said, I like the Delpit pick, but they yeah, they yeah. traded back still to get him. Right. So I mean, and honestly, I, I want to say they might have traded back and got Jordan Elliott too, because I think they traded back twice and still got some really highly touted players. So I was really impressed with you know their draft from that perspective also. But but in general, like we were just talking about, I think all three of the trade ups in the first round were terrible. I, yeah, I, well, yeah, well, no, I guess there was the one there. We, we didn't really cover the Vikings because they traded back from 25, I think, for whatever that was. I don't remember it, what it was off the top of my head, but, but the other three, the big ones we talked about though, the, I mean, the Buccaneers didn't need to, I don't think. I think that was just, you know, just John Lynch, you know, intimidating them to, to move up. And then, I really don't understand the Chargers, you know, trading up like 15 spots to get Kenneth Murray. Yeah. Just seems so unnecessary. And and then finally, like you said, you know, Jordan Love. Like, I think the pick in general is bad, let alone trading up to get it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's probably my – I mean, I think it's probably consensus the worst draft was the Packers. I, Gee, I don't know yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, good segue, Mike. Good segue. We'll go to the best draft or the worst draft now. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Green, Green Bay. I mean, uh, you and I were talking about before you came on. 
Green Green Bay's draft itself, if you look at it in a vacuum, wasn't that bad. But when you open up the vacuum and look at the fact that they're in a win now mode, essentially, it was horrible. <laughs> right. The pieces they picked were like for a rebuilding team, and I, I don't think anyone feels like that they were rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have at least another two to three years in Aaron Rodgers before he starts. Uh, you know, I mean, he might be declining a little bit now, maybe not quite in his prime, but you got another two, three years left on that start of a downward slope before you start really having to look. And then the the Dylan pick, yeah, right? That was Dylan just as bad, in my opinion. I'll give the damn ball to Aaron Jones. Let the man run. I know. You know we know what Aaron Jones can do. He is a an, an RB one. Yeah. You know, he's a top running back just give him the ball well, and I, honestly i don't think they even needed depth there like i think that they were i, I don't know it, yeah you're it's a lot of head scratchers to me i don't know if it's just the front office doesn't believe in maybe there's more drama going on with aaron Rodgers because we've seen drama from aaron Rodgers in the past maybe there's yeah. something going on there that they're just done with it but i don't understand how they could possibly think and it's not like next year's class is going to be better so i don't know what they're tanking yeah. for <laughs> and they had nine picks nine picks yeah. with that deep wide receiver class they took a running back a tight end a center and two guards on the offensive side not to mention the quarterback and jordan love i mean you don't I, I it's it's baffling yeah well and not to mention you know you say that tight end you know josiah Degara. like who even is that guy like right. that yeah he was like i bet if they didn't take him there he would have been undrafted. I about guarantee, unless the Patriots took him because they took weird ass tight ends too. Yeah, but yeah, they- but it's just like you know, getting a tight end is one thing, but that one, and then with, with all the other value, like there are three tight ends who went undrafted who are considered like top five or six, and you got yeah. you got him, and, but then AJ Dillon, like you said, like you know, I could see slightly you know Pete you said let Aaron Jones take the ball but it's like his contract will be up at the end of this season and that's fine but in my opinion and similarly like my opinion what I'm about to say applies to the Ravens too is I think they took a running back a year too early because I I don't care that his contract's up it's not like a quarterback you don't need a running back to sit for a year and learn running backs if if your scheme is good if your offense is good if your offensive line is good yeah. Running back should be able to come in as long as the player's good. They should be able to come in and produce. They don't need to come in and sit for a year. Like, don't draft a running back in the second round if you're not even going to use him. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, you mentioned Ravens, but but you got to think, I mean, yes, Mark Ingram and Aaron Jones are producing decently well, but neither of them are probably going to cost you an arm and a leg if you want to re-up their contract for another one- or two-year deal either. Right. So, yeah, it's still more expensive than a rookie contract, but – you're not talking, you know, CMC or Zeke or Barkley or that level of running back contract. Right. But there's, like I said, there's, there are, you know, four or five running backs just off the top of my head that are coming out next year. You know, and, well, there's running backs that come out every year anyways. It's not a right. position that's like, oh, man, next year's class sucks. Like, they're coming out every year. The running back market is chock full of them. You know, you've got Devontae Freeman still available. you got Frank Gore still available. Why are you drafting a guy to sit for a year? What, what is, what's the point of that? Right. Yeah. If you need depth, go grab one of those old guys and, you know, give him a small contract. Right. And give him a one-year burner. To me, yeah. the only the only logic I see behind it is that he is a, a, he is a dynamic runner. And 
I think that they think they've got, I mean, and they do, they have a good shot at the postseason. And so adding a little bit of depth to a pretty complete team, you know, if, if, if Ingram were to go down cause he is older, but he's been an iron man. He hasn't been, you know, injured a lot. So I, I don't know that's the only, that's the only like partial excuse I can think of but, for the Dobbins pick. Yeah. In that they are a pretty complete team. And mm-hmm. so adding depth isn't bad, but no, it's, it's definitely their worst pick of the draft. And yeah. just from a team composition standpoint, I agree. And that's why like earlier I said, if it wasn't for that Dobbins pick, I think the Ravens would have, might have been the top draft for me, honestly, because they had yeah. a really great uh, Patrick yeah. Queen. Yeah. Patrick Queen was a great first pick for oh, them, yeah. great fit, and they picked a receiver later that yeah, would fits right. So, and, and they got Malik Harrison, just a pick after the Browns. See, that was the Browns had one questionable pick there in the third or fourth round, which was Jacob Phillips. He was uh, an LSU linebacker, but he was one of the more questionable. defensive players from LSU and he was picked just before Malik Harrison who was on most people's boards way higher so you know they snagged him right behind the Browns and I mean they had a great draft honestly like I just that Dobbins pick I mean a a second round running back in general is questionable to me I think but especially when he's going to be sitting I just yeah I mean because they got Gus Edwards behind Ingram and Gus can, as we've seen in the past, what that was it last year? I think it was a year before where they were kind of floating around running backs, you know, can hold his own. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you need to spell Ingram for a little bit, then I mean, you got, you got depth there. Yeah. And then I think who's the guy behind that Gus? They, they have another one. That's actually not. Half Is bad Kenneth Dixon him, still on the roster? No, they cut him last yeah. year, but they, they do have justice Hill. They drafted oh yeah. Last yeah. Year. yeah. That's who I meant. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so they didn't need a running back. So yeah, I would agree with your your take on that. Is I think the Ravens would have been better for me too had they not taken Dobbins, bent it on Dobbins. Like, you know, maybe take a take a Zach Moss or something a little bit later. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. you still wanted a running, not a second round right. pick on it. For you. Which is why the Bills had a decent draft because I mean, you know, they ended up you know they didn't have a first, but they got Stephon Diggs. So yeah. good for good for them. But they also ended up with Zach Moss in like the sixth round. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like if you're going to get a running back, you know, for depth, like with Singletary, get one in the sixth. Yep. Right. You know, or Frank Gore again. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, so I don't know that I would consider them bad drafts, but um, what do you guys – I want to talk about the uh, the Bears and the Rams specifically because they didn't have first-round picks. But their first over, their first picks of the draft, the Bears took Cole Komet, the tight end, and the Rams took – cam Akers, so what those were two other was similar to the other like we talked about not only was it their second round pick but also that was their first pick of the draft yeah uh specifically to talk about the bears um since we're talking about their 10th tight end on the roster yeah <laughs> i i i thought it was a, a bit of a head scratcher um you know, but they're in kind of a weird spot just as a team in general. They have mm-hmm. so many like they have so many tools. Like Alan Robinson, he could be so amazing if he were if he had a decent quarterback, you know what I mean? <laughs> or if he yeah. just even even yeah. if he just had somebody to take coverage. And Colkmat could could turn into that, but it's I mean, tight ends don't generally do that their first year and I don't know. I just don't 
I definitely agree that it was a weird first, weird first pick. Yeah, and that that's my my thing was that they're the Rams and the Bears both recently were competitive teams. Sure, yeah. And, like they were in the playoffs two years ago, you know, Rams made the Super Bowl even, and it's like they just had a really down year, and then they're coming back out taking Cam Akers in the second. It's like, is that really what you think you're missing? You know, you lost Gurley, so you think, oh, that's our missing piece. Like maybe offensive line, maybe defense. I mean, in my opinion, I would – running back wouldn't be – like uh, Derek mentioned to me earlier today, you know, Daryl Henderson, jo- John Kelly, uh, Malcolm Brown, Brown yeah. you don't need it, like, right. at all. Like, it, it's serviceable as long as you have that offensive lineup and running and you get that, that offense back to the, the way it was when it was explosive and, and just unbeatable. That's, that's when Todd Gurley was, was at his best, was because the offense was doing great. Yeah. And Daryl Henderson, you spent a, se- a second round on him too last year, right? So I just, I don't know, I don't, I don't get those picks. Yeah, I yeah, like the I Cam Akers pick better than the Cole Kmet pick, but it still doesn't seem like a, a good use of their resources. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the Cole Kmet pick fits. I think him as a player f- can fit the Bears because the Bears do need to find a steady tight end they've been cycling through him now for a handful of years now um but i think it was early i think he could have been there i think they have i think they had a third round pick if i remember right mm-hmm. i can't remember off top but i think they did I, th- I feel like he'd have been there in the third sure round. i also I just waited. grab one of the two bryants or you know somebody else who yeah you know, a top five type tight end would have been there in the third they could have used that pick for somebody else right so no i agree with you guys are saying that my other worst draft for me kind of falls in the same category as the bears and rams but a little different where the raiders had a good amount of picks i just don't think they made the right picks they they, they picked the right positions of need but kind of like last year they didn't take the people that we all were expecting them to take so i don't know maybe they know something the rest of the nfl doesn't <laughs> and all these weird picks will pan out in the next few years but uh, no, I th- uh, I think it's safer they to get some weird players. I think they hit they hit the right positions, just weird players themselves. I think it's safer to say they were just bad picks. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say that too, but I'm gonna try to give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, it was strange that they used their their those three picks on receivers. Yeah. When I feel like there are other positions in need, I don't feel like it was bad that they drafted receivers, but it just seemed like the back-to-back receiver picks was odd to me after getting rugs in the first. I don't know. They're not necessarily bad receivers. Like I don't think that they I don't think that they picked bad receivers. I just think that it was just odd that they focused on that so much. But I mean, their draft last year was great, so we'll see. Yeah. Like I don't think Rugs is a bad receiver, but I think out of all the receivers that were still on the board, which was all of them, I would have picked someone different personally. But right, sure. and especially because you know Rugs, his whole thing—he's he's a downfield, he's a speed guy—and that's just not what Derek Carr is known for. And it yeah. it makes you wonder: it, are they trying to, hey, we've got a guy for you now, do that? But it's like last year, I, I heard something the other day that he had the second lowest average depth of target 
oh, by wow. like a lot. Like he only was better than Teddy Bridgewater, which is not a surprising, you know, last place guy, you know, check down Teddy. Yeah. And so it's like, why would you not get, you know, I, I think CD lamb would have been perfect for that. He's the, his yards after the catch, like what he can do after the catch is insane. Like I would prefer to do something like that. Give someone who can, you can throw the ball too short, who can take it farther instead of having to throw it farther for a guy who's not going to throw it far. Sure. I mean, the only thing I'd say to that is that it, I don't really feel like they had I mean, anybody that could fill that role before. Like, I feel like um, Darren Waller is kind of one of those yards after the catch guy. He's, he's close, you know, plays at the line, but I, I don't think that, I think that's why they took a B. I think they wanted a deep guy to open up, you know, just to kind of open up the field a little bit better. And Tyra yeah. Williams is not, you know, bad, but I don't think, I think he's just kind of like a journeyman in, in most senses. And I think that they, if they believe in Waller, if they believe in these, uh, cause who did, who did they take the, uh, Lynn Bowden, the slot guy. And then, yeah. um, who was the other guy? Was it, uh, Brian Edwards. Yeah. Brian Edwards, who also, I think he's, he's a great, like, he's a great receiver. I, I'm, he was yeah. a good deal for them. I think, I think that they just think they need something like rugs and they couldn't have gotten, a deep threat with his pedigree later in the draft. So I think that even if he wasn't necessarily, I think that that was the only place they could have gotten that they could, that's the only place they could have got a field stretcher of that caliber. That's actually a really good assessment. I hadn't really thought of it that way. So make valid points there, Mike. Well, I'm asking as a question. We'll, we'll stick on this. You guys kind of roll one of our topics. We'll just stick on wide receivers. And you know how many wide receivers were taken in total in this draft? I do not. I'm going to say 35. Ooh. Mike? Uh, 27. 36. 36. Ooh. Wow. God, I was close. Yeah, that's good. Ian. You must have looked at those. I wasn't sure to interpret your <laughs> ooh as like a, oh, that's too many, or a, oh, that's close. <laughs> It's actually tied for the most in any other draft with the year 2003. Hmm. Wow. And there was also 13 wide receivers taken in the first two rounds of this draft, which was actually the most ever. I believe it. Yeah. And, and a couple other one wide receiver fun facts. 23 teams took at least one wide receiver. 10 teams took at least two wide receivers. A handful took more, as we just talked about the Raiders. And some took none, as we talked about. Goodness. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, any other? Uh, I, I feel like, and I feel like you know, we're talking about it, Mike, in the live draft. So, as I, th- I think we were, I think I called it. I felt like the wide receivers were going to fall some, and they did. They, uh, I don't think the wide receivers went quite as high as some of the experts were predicting. They did fall into the mid picks. Um, I think I was pretty close. I think I had my first one coming off at fifteen for Denver, but the Raiders ended up taking one at twelve. Um, so it was kind of right there. I think a handful of people had a few going a little higher than that, but kind of like we talked about earlier too, is there was a lot of good first round talent in the second and third rounds. And a lot of that had to probably do with that wide, that deep wide receiver class. Right. I mean, 36 wide receivers take, that's a lot. Yeah. I think that the reason most of those receivers probably fell was that there was a, an abundance of talent. People knew that they could get one later. Um, yeah. so they didn't have to have to take one in the first round, which is just kind of crazy. It's definitely a historic wide receiver year. Um, yeah. I thought I, I also had a similar thought that it was going to be either the Broncos or the, I actually thought the 
the Raiders might just because it's a position of need for them for sure. And I think that they, uh, they also, they kind of play a game or Mike Maycock does Mayock plays, uh, plays a bit of a game with his, with his drafts. And he definitely was going to want to put pressure on the rest of um, his division, you know, to, to get those picks started with the wide receivers. Um, Yeah. But just while we're talking about uh, numbers of, of people drafted here, how about how about that LSU offense getting drafted? So just a couple of stats for you guys. I don't know if you if you've uh, talked about this or not, but I'm going to read it anyway because you hit my hit my fun fact. You found it. Well, LSU's <laughs> offense not only did they have the number one pick in the NFL draft, who is going to be a star, Joe Burrow. He's gonna he's gonna be around for a while. Um, yeah. But they were the first ever school with a quarterback, running back, and wide receiver all drafted in the first round in the same year. All five of their starting offensive line was drafted or signed. Um, and every draft eligible player was drafted or signed. Like every really? player on the offense that was eligible to be drafted, they either were drafted or they were signed as, an, as a UDFA. That's wow. Bananas. How many players in total was that? Do you know? That was my fact. You, I thought you were going to hit it. Uh, I don't know in total. I know on the offense, they had seven players drafted. Um, I don't know about UDFAs because I know a couple of linemen, uh, a couple of tackles were signed and then uh, Moss was signed. But I don't know about overall because pro- your number probably includes defense. Yeah. What I checked two days ago, I think it was, when I pulled the, when I had this and saved it to jot down on my notes, they were at 14 total. Wow. Drafted. Yeah. The only team, the only other college I've ever done that was Ohio State in 2004. I kind of thought 2016 might have rivaled it because 2016's class was huge for Ohio State. It was. It was. See, I didn't look too far into who was behind them. But I do know they Ohio State had 14 and 04 as well. Huh. Okay. That I mean, that is impressive for LSU. On it, I mean, that's a lot, of, a lot of players, and and they got more coming next year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's move. We got two more kind of topics we're going to hit in our recap before we have our first three and out of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, QBs. We have to talk QBs for a minute, just because this was besides a heavy wide receiver class, this was also a heavy QB class. And I mean, I don't think anybody was surprised that Burrow went number one overall. That was just hands down going to happen. Um, couple of the surprises that i wanted to talk about we already talked about jordan love a little bit we already talked about the patriots not taking a qb which is kind of a surprise um but uh the two that surprised me the most was the eagles grabbing jalen hurts Mm -hmm. i mean it makes some sense because wentz has struggled a little being healthy the past few years with some injuries and they don't have a solid backup behind him um but the biggest surprise honestly to me was buffalo taking jake Fromm. i don't i didn't get that i yeah. mean they've got matt Bar- behind josh allums which you know i mean it's matt barkley but he's not half bad for a backup for you know the hold the, the hold it down they're not gonna go you know barkley's not gonna take him to the postseason if they lose josh allen for a handful of weeks but that was just kind of surprised that they went for a QB in this draft. I was kind of surprised by that. I think it was just a value thing because he was, uh, some people had him as a freaking you know, second rounder potentially. Yeah. Um, so I think once he falls that far, it's like, 
you know, why not get your backup of the future? If Josh Allen sticks, you know, cool, then you've got a good backup potentially. And if he doesn't, then maybe you can develop from because he's, I mean, he's projected to be a backup, but I mean, I, I honestly think depending on the team, he could start. Yeah. That was kind of why I was questioning why they would take him Yeah, instead of getting like, you know, an undrafted free agent or something to have to try for a backup and sign a couple of them or something. Why? But it's probably, if you probably hit it right, though, it was probably a value pick for how far he fell. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the sixth round, I think maybe. I think it's fifth, but I mean, fifth? hell if, yeah. if Jalen hurts fell to the fourth, for instance, I mean, if the Brown, if, that's surprising a lot too. Yeah, if the Browns, for instance, or a team like a really, a team with like solidify like, Okay, the the Ravens or the the Chiefs, if they took a quarterback in the like the fifth round, like if it was Jake Fromm or Jalen Hurts, I it, even then it wouldn't surprise me just because it's the value's too good there. I think. Yeah, especially for a quarterback. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Jalen Hurts, I like the Jalen Hurts pick. Uh, I was kind of surprised to see him go. If he was going in the second round, I was kind of surprised to see him go to that team, but. I mean, they need a backup. I mean, if nothing else, you know, Wentz, he gets hurt fairly often, and why not, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think they'll want to – they'll probably use him in a dynamic role. Not – not. I know a, a lot of people are saying like Taysom Hill, but not exactly like that. I don't think often it's always worked that way. But he's definitely a player that can be used. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then last one. That I definitely wanted to chat about, unless you guys have anything else, are the running backs overall. Um, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. Is it just it wasn't a? I can't remember again if this was before you came on with us earlier, Mike or not. And he and I were just chatting, but it wasn't. Didn't feel like it was a. There wasn't a superstar running back in this class. There was just a lot of good, average running backs, and kind of like we've alluded to in some of our discussion, like we all feel like some of the teams reached for them when they didn't necessarily need to. I mean, I don't know. Just It was a weird sure. draft, for, in my thought, in my opinion, especially for some of the locations. I mean, was kind of surprised that Tampa Bay waited to select a running back way late. I mean, I think they got a halfway decent one in Vaughn, but still went a lot later than I thought they were. Was kind, kind of surprised to see Detroit select Swift, but I guess maybe, I mean, they know – KJ's health status better than anybody else. So maybe there's something there that he's just never going to produce like they thought they was because of his injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we already talked about Dobbins and acres a little bit, but um, Taylor going to the Colts was also kind of, su- that was probably almost the most surprising next, next to the AJ Dillon one for green Bay. That one still gets me, but I think the, the Taylor going to the Colts is weird. I, I really think Mac can hold his own and, they have Hines behind them and Wilkins. The other guy, Wilkins. Thank you. So I mean, they had halfway decent depth there. And as we know, last year when Mac was hurt, I think it was last year for a couple of games, Hines and Wilkins rotation didn't do terrible. It wasn't like having Mac on the field, but it still wasn't bad. Yeah. So I don't know. That one was a little surprising. Again, maybe it was a value thing. I can't remember what round they selected Taylor or where. But... They actually traded up to get him in the second. Did they? Okay. Yeah, which, yeah, I don't really get it. Um, not not even just because of the Marlon Mack thing. I just, man, I 
I'm not as high on Jonathan Taylor as, as a lot of people. Sure. Just because – and I feel like this happens a lot. Um, it happened with Zeke, I think. Um, people just really overvalue rushing ability for running backs. And I get it. Like, it's in the name. Like, he's a running back. But the value is in their receiving. Yeah, like, in the NFL today for sure. Yeah, like you can't just take a great running back if he's not a good receiver because that that you lose all the value there. Because, like, why are you taking a guy who's only going to be on the field two downs? And that's what I feel like Jonathan Taylor is. He could very well become a serviceable pass catcher like Zeke did. Zeke's a good pass catcher now. Or, like, Nick Chubb wasn't known to be, but he's fine. Uh, you know, but, you know, it just he reminds me in a way of, like, Derrick Henry – and I get it that Derrick Henry's really super successful right now, but that's not going to be the case with every big power run down your throat back. Like you've got to have the yeah. right team, and maybe the Colts are the right team for that. But they do have an amazing offensive line. They do. It's probably might be the best in the league, honestly. But and if that's the case, though, which is the whole point for me. Why do second round? If you have the best offensive line and a good offense, you can get plenty of production out of anybody. Sure. Yeah. Like like Marlon Mack. Like you said, that you got one. What's the point? Sure. I to me, I think uh it lines up with the signing of Phillip Rivers in that they're kind of like they feel like they could have success now because mm-hmm. and they want to make sure they have you know, I mean, Marlon Mack is, I think we've kind of all said it. Like, we, he's good. He's just not, he's not great. I think Jonathan no. Taylor is definitely an upgrade over Marlon Mack. Now, yeah. I'm not sure that that means he gets the job right away. But I think that um, it's definitely a win now kind of pick. And the fact that they traded up for him, it was kind of one of those, like, best player available. Like, uh, and, you know, we all have our opinions on on player value, but he was really high on a lot of people's boards, I think. And so whenever... Um, whenever they saw him that they could get him, I think that they, they jumped at that opportunity. Um, yeah. I think that it overall, the, this class, this running back class, there are a lot of like, yeah, it's like you said, there's a lot of good players. It was going to be more about like landing spot than anything else. And it was, it was kind of this like even split for me where there were players that maybe I didn't value as highly, but they landed in great spots like Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, like that's going to be, you know, rich getting richer kind of thing. And I think Vaughn, like, I don't know that he necessarily would have been a stud anywhere, but I think that Tampa Bay is a perfect fit for him with Tom Brady getting older. Can't, you know, he's going to need to check down more often. He's a great receiver. And also he's, uh, he was one of the the best uh, rated uh, pass protection backs available. And that's going to be, that's an important thing. Like they need that. So like, it was right. kind of one of those things where like the teams that, got a running back that didn't really need one it was either that was the two stories like there was either a team that it was like i don't feel like they need a running back or it was like oh man i didn't think that that guy was going to be high on you know like i didn't think he was going to be that valuable this season but it looks like that's going to be a perfect fit for him that was kind of my two takes like it was dobbins taylor um swift cam Akers. like they all went to teams that was like man those guys are really good but i don't know about them being on that team but then there was also guys like like even moss like he's not he's not a standout talent or anything like that but i think he's a perfect complement to singletary and that's going to be a great one-two punch for a team that wants to run the ball so mm-hmm. um i i think that and then even aj Dillon, like he's not i mean like we said there's not really any standouts but i think that 
in a different world, like kind of what Derek talked about earlier with in a vacuum, their draft wasn't bad. Like he's a great, he's a great pick for somebody that has a running back that can just, you know, like have somebody in the wings, but if it wasn't the Packers, it would make more sense. Right. So I just kind of felt like that was the two stories. There wasn't, there wasn't really any like, Oh, a stud went to a team that's going to use him. Well, there was no Saquon, obviously. I think the best combination of like skill set and visit and talent, I mean, uh, and uh, landing spot was probably Hilaire just because of the fact that he went to the chiefs and he's going to be basically, he just basically took LSU to the professional level. Like the LSU offense in that last year, he went to the, the equivalent of that in the NFL. Right. Um, so I think that's probably the, the best combination of fit and talent, but yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird year for running back. Yeah. Well, one thing you said brings up a good point about there wasn't a Saquon in this draft. And I think that's a very important point that I feel like rookie hype is just, it goes off the rails every year. It's not just this year, you know, it's every year, but one thing that always gets me is I think that when people, they make their boards, they they make tiers, they say, okay, this is my wide receiver one this year. This is my running back one. This is my QB one. Mm-hmm. I think it they, it goes to their head a little farther than it should in, in the sense that he's my wide receiver one, therefore he is a top NFL yeah. talent. Right. And that's not always the case. I mean, like, just because he's your wide receiver one this year doesn't make him a Julio level talent. Right. Like he's like that mo- most of the time, if, if they're, if you got three top receivers a year, chances are one of them is going to be a good player. But, you know, like I, I think the most common instance is Jonathan Taylor this year. I saw a bunch of people saying, Oh my God, did you see his production? He's a, st- he's a generational talent. And I said this with Derek during the live draft. It's so frustrating to hear people say that Yeah, when Saquon truly is a generational talent, I think. Sure. Like yeah. you said, Saquon is Julio Jones is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I, I guess you can't really say that as a prospect because if, if Mahomes was a generational QB, he would have gone first overall, but you know, it's just, people need to rein it in a little bit. I think with rookie hype, you got to realize that every year, just because it's your top this year, doesn't mean he's a top in the league. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, good assessment. Definitely. All right. Let's hit our, our teams and what we think real quick before we move to our three and outs. So we, I'll go, I'll hit it off. Since we already talked about the Cowboys a little bit, we'll probably do the least amount of talking here, but just wanted to recap a little. So, I mean, you and I were talking during the draft that I wasn't at first, I wasn't, didn't know what to think about taking CD lamb because they needed a cornerback bad. Our defensive back depth was pretty horrible, but when CD lamb falls into your lap at 17, you don't you, you take them. You don't pass them up, especially when the Eagles are picking a handful of picks behind you, and you know that they need a wide receiver. I mean, you just you, you take it. And I looked a little bit into Cooper's contract because there was a lot of questions I saw flying around Twitter. It's like, oh, well, why would you take Lamb when you just signed Cooper to big bucks? But actually, Cooper's five-year, one hundred million dollar contract only has guaranteed money in year one. That's it. Really? Yep. So interesting there. Well, even with even food for even time. with that though, that's just that receiving course insane. It's it's not a, obviously it's not a good fantasy move, which I think a lot of people were negative about. But in real in real football, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm ex- after I after I sat on it and marinated on that for a little bit, I was like, man, that was awesome pick. 
And then it made it even better when we got to the second round and Trayvon Diggs fell right into our lap in the second round. One of the best, you know, corners of the draft class, one of the top, what, top five, probably, I guess. Um, I mean, that was, that was amazing, him falling there. And then we were able to get, you know, two good defensive line pieces in Gallimore and I. And then, actually, I was doing some reading. I saw a Twitter post the other day about it that some people are thinking Robinson actually might be better than the Diggs pick. He might actually fit, be the, you know, the starter over Diggs. Um, so we definitely got some good picks there. And then, you know, and then we were still able to grab. I think we actually traded up. This was our interconference trade, if I remember right, with the Eagles. We were able to trade up and grab our uh, center that to replace Travis Frederick, um, mm-hmm. who also we got a center from Wisconsin, just like Frederick. So maybe we'll continue with some good luck there from Wisconsin and uh, keep our O-line for the most part together. So, uh, yeah, no, I was – overall, I was very excited about the pick. We got some great value for our picks. So was definitely really happy about it. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, you talked a little bit about the Saints draft, Mike. Was there any other picks later that you were – you wanted to talk about? Yeah, so the Saints ended up uh, having four selections in the draft. I already talked about Bond. I thought that was a good pick. Um I'm not 100% sure it was like worth trading up for, but it, I don't think it was a bad decision. It was it was a it was a good pick. Um, Troutman, the tight end that we took in the third round, he I think fits our team well. And um, this is the last year of Jared Cook's contract, so um, well the the final year of his contract is voidable, basically is what it is. So if he ends up being something, you know, we wouldn't have excess. So I guess that's that's a decent pick. I feel like we had a decent draft overall. We took Tommy Stevens in the seventh round, who was a Mississippi State quarterback. He's kind of like a Taysom Hill sort of player in that, you know, I don't know that he'll ever amount to anything, but he's not somebody that they were drafting as like a development prospect to be the quarterback. In fact, we addressed that in free agency signing James Winston, which I think was a brilliant move for all parties involved. Uh, but we can talk about that at, oh, a, yeah. at a different time. As far as the draft is concerned, definitely the – Biggest question for me was uh, Ruiz in the first. It was it was definitely strange that we took a center literally a year after our first pick, taking a center. Um, <laughs> I mean, Larry Warford, this is the last year of his contract. So if we cut him, we could save money in the cap space and we could move. I mean, I don't think that Ruiz is going to come in as the center. I think that uh, I think he will probably move to guard. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I thought there was chatter about having. Oh yeah, and, and so it's I'm in this weird place. Like, I think we could have made a better selection there. And, and in fact, the last couple of years, I don't think that we have had bad drafts, but I think that our first round pick has gone a way that could have gone better. Um, I think we've done a great job in the later rounds as as a franchise, but in the first round, we like even with Davenport, and then um, just the last couple of years, it's just been like okay, that's a good player, but it doesn't seem like it was our biggest need. I am never against taking uh, somebody, a good player for the line. And I think this, I mean, I think Cesar Ruiz is a great player. Like he's a great prospect, but it just didn't seem like our most pressing need. Um, I think it definitely signals that we want to be a win now team. Like they, I mean, obviously Breeze already has a contract with, uh, was it NBC or, or whoever for next year? 
Uh, so like he's, he's done after this. And I think they really just want to do whatever they can to make sure that that happens. And I think offensive line after quarterback is the most important part of your offense. So I don't ever think it's bad, but it just seemed like there could have been better decisions. I don't know. So I overall thought we had a decent draft. Yeah. Um, we didn't have many picks just because of, you know, getting to this point of being this offense has taken a lot of trading and picks the last couple of years. So, but yeah, overall, I thought we got a bunch of players that will be contributors um, either now or soon, but it could have been better. Yeah. No, yeah. Good. Definitely a good assessment. I kind of agree with you there that they just had a very good average solid mm-hmm. draft, you know, not super, not bad. I think it was just a very good, well, executed draft plan uh, board probably uh, Ian anything else to add on the Browns you mentioned them a little bit early about Delpit and stuff but uh... um, no I yeah so my the first three picks were great um, and then after that um, Harrison Bryant you know tight end which obviously you know a lot of people I think it seemed like a questionable pick to some people I've seen because you know David Njoku and Austin Hooper it's like it seemed like what's the point kind of um, especially because now they, they also re-upped – well, not re-upped, but they, they exercised the fifth-year option for uh, for Najoku. So – but now, I mean, why not, you know? That's one of Stefanski's strengths, the new coach, is uh, is multiple tight end sets, have the depth, be good. I mean, you know, just have, have really solid weapons across the board. Like, you know, they, they address that, that offensive line. They've addressed the weapons at this point. As long as the coaching's good, you've got it, – it's hard to uh, – it's hard to fail. Baker has, like, no excuses after this year, I think. I think that's the big point is they've addressed so much for, for Baker, and he can't – if he fails, it's, it's totally on him. Because also they had drafted Donovan Peoples-Jones in the sixth or seventh, um, who is a fine receiver, you know. They're just they're building up the Browns and especially on offense. So, like I said, it's it's up to Baker now. As long as as long as the coaching's good, it's up to him. And if he can't succeed, I guess it's about time to move on. You know, after he's got two more years, it, it'll either be two years and done, or he'll get a big contract. So we'll see. Yeah. No. Interesting. Yeah. I definitely. I I actually pegged Harrison Bryant as my favorite tight end in the draft. So really thinking he would land the Patriots somehow, but the Browns, interesting. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. But, all right. Well, yep. if you guys have anything else to add, you uh, we can move into our uh, our first three and out of the year. That's exciting. I've missed these. Those are all was so much fun. We won't be able to have, per se, a fantasy winner because it's obviously the offseason. But I think, Ian, you're going to post it to our uh, Twitter account and just uh, get some – put a vote up, see who puts together the best starting rookie lineup, rookies only. So we'll uh, see how it goes with our basic setup of QB, wide receiver, running back, tight end, and a flex. So um, we can get ready to, to move into that for the first one of the season. All right, we're getting ready to start our first three and out of the season, and we – we're having a bit of a debate off air on who got the first pick to start our rotation cycle. So we'll 
as everybody remembers from last year, any of our listeners from last year, new listeners, each episode as we get into the regular season is we'll have a three and out based on some sort of topic from that night's episode or something of that nature. And we'll post them to Twitter to see who everyone thinks is going to have the best team. And then we'll actually calculate the fantasy scores for each of our teams for those three for QB running back tight end and a flex for that week's games. And we'll see who wins. And then each week we'll just kind of rotate the order of the draft. So for tonight's or today's or this morning's, whenever you're listening, draft, Mr. Mike gets the first pick since he is our most recent birthday Mm -hmm. boy from a few days ago. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Mike, it's all All right. Take us away. Um, Oof. So I think there is an obvious one-on-one that we talked about, you know, best pick. We just, we were actually just talking about this off the air too, is about who would the best pick of the draft would be. Um, but, and that would be Joe Burrow. I'll just go ahead and say that since I have the first pick and I don't have a risk of anybody taking him. And if I don't take him, he's obviously going to get drafted at some point. It's not like it's sneaky. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, I don't necessarily hate any of the quarterback options. And I do feel like there are some decently um, steep drops between players in other positions, specifically running back. Now that was, that was all I'm just blowing smoke. I'm taking Joe Burrow. (laughs) I was wondering where you were going with that there. All right. Since Burrow is off the board, I'm going to get the, only, even though Andy Reid says, just came out yesterday, today, says that CEH is not going to be the clear-cut starter when the season starts. We all know that's probably just mm-hmm. Andy Reid being Andy Reid. Uh, and we know he's going to be at least involved, for sure, in passing downs. I'm going to go ahead and lock up CEH yep. for my first pick. Nice. Um, So mine, I... You know, the receivers we talked about, they kind of went to maybe places that weren't the best for fantasy. Um, They're great picks potentially for their teams. You know, Judy and Lamb were the top picks for most people. But when it comes to fantasy, there's a lot of other weapons on those teams. So they're not as quite, quite a standout as some other players. But I'm really considering them. And I'm going to go Jerry Judy first. I like it. Nice pick. Definitely yeah. Probably has one of the better positions that he landed in. Even though CD is up there with Jerry, he'll essentially be the third wide receiver in that set right now for Dallas. So no guarantee mm-hmm. of a ton of fantasy production this first year. Yeah. And even though you just said that, I'm going him <laughs> now too. <laughs> Because I figure, why not go with the top two guys? Yeah, you. I mean, you got C.D. Lamb for the same reason that the Cowboys did, because it was pretty dumb that nobody else take him, took him yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. All right, so for me, I'm actually, again, thinking of this from a fantasy team prospect of who's going to produce in like week one kind of thought in my head and I'm going to jump down and grab my wide receiver and I'm going to go with Jefferson from Minnesota I think after after Thielen there's a big drop in wide receiver talent there in Minnesota so he will have to be starting yeah which brings it to me well I don't know because 
during the live draft, uh, Devil did mention that, well, they did sign Chad BP last year. So, Excellent point. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Well, that brings it back to me. Um, I'm going to go for a skill position here. I'm decently content with most of the options I have. Um, and Ian has taken two wide receivers, so he's going to have to go running back at some point. I guess not necessarily right away. Derek, you've diversified a bit. I'm trying to play the draft game here, <laughs> as as I as I do, uh, but I think I'm gonna have to go best player available, in my opinion, um, combined with opportunity, and I'm gonna go with uh, Jalen Rager because uh, as much as I like Rugs and how fast he is, I think that Rager is gonna fit the Eagles' offense really well, and they just they need him so bad <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's uh that's that's that pick and then i think as my second pick here hmm i don't hate the idea of going wide receiver wide receiver because there are some good options but i do think that i mean obviously everyone in the world thinks that this is much deeper wide receiver class than it is running back class so i think i need to go ahead and grab somebody here uh before my options are limited and I am going to go what feels like a chalk pick and I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor. It's not exciting, but Knew it feels it. like it's the right decision. All right. For me, I'm going to still play the wide receiver opportunity game here and I'm going to slide down a handful and take Mims there from my know. flex spot. Ooh, interesting. Playing yeah, the opportunity sure. game. Nope. Just as an aside, yeah, I think I Mims, whether or not it's this year, I think he's got a lot of potential to develop with Darnold and uh, become a, a great receiver. I, I think so too. I think that's one we didn't mention really earlier was uh, the Jets yeah. had a pretty decent draft. They did, actually. Yeah, they, they addressed a lot of needs, and uh, I liked it. Um, let's see. I feel like I don't have to go running back right now just because Derek's got his flex filled and his running back. Mike is known to go receiver and his flex more often. Um, I'm going to go to a first. Yeah, probably smart. And then maybe get my pick of tight ends. Uh, do I want to wait on running back to the last? Cause if Mike steals another top one, that would suck. Hmm. No, I'm going to go tight end because, I mean, it's really, really shallow. So let me – I'm going to grab Cole Komet right now. Nice. Well, I was going to go quarterback, but since you two have your quarterbacks now, I can wait, and I'm going to go ahead and jump on my tight end. And even though he was signed as a – uh, after the draft, I think there's not many breathing options mm. there in Washington, so I'm good with Moss. That was my. Uh, that was my. I was hoping that was going to be a sneaky yeah. pick. I, I I really think he's going to do well there. I think that his draft stock was injured. I'm I'm sticking with opportunity picks here. Cole Cole commit and Thaddeus Moss for my two opportunistic tight ends for year yeah, one. For sure. Right. Um. Well, then I. 
I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. These are my last two picks anyway. I was going to say I don't have to take a tight end, but I'm going to take one in a second anyway. So I'm going to go grab my flex. Yeah. And uh, as Ian said, I do generally favor wide receivers in the flex because I feel like they represent a safer floor and a lot of times a higher ceiling uh, at that position. Looking at you guys' squads, there's some good-looking squads. So I feel like I need... As much as I like Rager, I don't feel like he carries like a ton of like everybody's. I don't feel like people are as excited about him as I think they should be. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to yeah. go ahead and 100% just grab name value here for the sake of my uh, polling. And I'm going to grab Henry Ruggs. <laughs> no, not at <laughs> not all. And then <laughs> I get to take my tight end and um, I'm going to take Troutman because. He fits our scheme really well, and I think that New Orleans Breeze in particular has shown a propensity to uh, play to, to favor really athletic tight ends. And uh, if he could find that Jeremy Shockey, Jimmy Graham, even kind of Jared Cook role, uh, I think that that would be – he'd be really successful in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, nice. All right, out of the quarterbacks that are left, that's my last pick. I, I obviously, as you guys have heard me talk, I'm a huge Jalen Hurts fan. I don't think he's a true starter this year unless Wentz goes down. Don't think Love is going to be a starter this year unless and Aaron Rodgers pitches a fit and <laughs> quits or something. Um, so I'm going to go with probably the one who has a road to a starter position more easily than the others and go with Justin Herbert. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> okay, now I got to pick the right running back. Um, I'm between three of them. Um, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, I feel like, is one of those whose draft, his fantasy draft stock fell a lot just because of the, the landing spot. But I feel like they picked him for a reason. And he, he was my, before the draft, he was my RB1. I think he's got the most... Across the yeah. board upside. Like, you know, he's he's not the best runner. He's not the best receiver, but he mm-hmm. can do it all. Um, but J.K. Dobbins was right behind the, him for those same reasons, and he got a really good landing spot barring Mark Ingram. So Cam Akers also fighting off a couple other running backs, and the offensive line wasn't good. I'm going to get weird. I'm doing DeAndre go. Swift. Um, and so here I had just had a thought while we were doing this guys I think it might be fun uh, I'm going to screenshot this I'm going to put it on Twitter you know everyone can vote how about at the end of the year after the Super Bowl we look back we calculate who had the most points and we, we readdress it at the end of the year Ooh, that's I'm a good that. idea Burrow will carry my team <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah he will I mean if, if Tua doesn't start because of the injury or, or just any delayed, you know, COVID stuff, then sure. I'm screwed. Eh, I'm right there with Herbert too. If Tyrod Taylor happens to have a resurgence, <laughs> I'm there with you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we, we'll see, you know, in about, you know, was it eight months? Yeah, that's a fun idea. Nine months. Yeah. yeah. So we'll recalculate right at the end of the year, see who just had the, the best, at least, you know, even if, you know, someone didn't have the best rookie year. They could still pan out and be great players, especially with the tight ends. But it's fun to see who we pick for the you know initially. 
Awesome. Well, before we recap our teams and end our segment, I got to say I respect your swift pick there, Ian, but I would have probably gone Vaughn. That was where I would have really? That's just Yeah, me. honestly, I sure. think that uh, he's probably, outside of Alaire, my, my most – I think he's going to have the most immediate impact. I don't know that he's the long-term solution in Tampa Bay, but uh, I think right. that that was my thought. I picked Taylor, you know, because we're going for this is a poll <laughs> and name recognition. But I think that Vaughn right. probably, <laughs> if I had to pick the player who's going to make the most impact, and maybe that's maybe that's on me for uh, underestimating our listeners' uh, insight. But I think Vaughn is probably after Hilaire, <laughs> the, the the running back I would be most. Um, excited to own if I was on a win now team. Yeah. But and honestly, if we're talking this poll, I mean, Swift is definitely going to knock me down some points. People are definitely down on him right now. Hey, I mean, all it takes is for KJ to have another injury and you just pick the winning running back. For sure. And I don't even know that it takes so. a, a KJ injury. I mean, they, they invested a lot in him. I think that, uh, I think he could have success. A couple of games right. underperforming, and we could see easily taking the share of the load. So, all right. Well, Mike, you picked first. You want to sure. recap your team real yeah, quick? Yeah. So, we'll Ian and I've got uh, QB Joe Burrow. I've got Jalen Rager as my wide receiver, Jonathan Taylor as my running back. Uh, in my flex, I got Henry Ruggs the third. And then for my tight end, I took Adam Troutman of the New Orleans Saints because he's not all as, right. you know, well known. <laughs> For me, I took Clyde Edwards-Hilar for my running back, then Justin Jefferson for my wide receiver, Denzel Mims for my flex, Thaddeus Moss for my tight end, and Justin Herbert for my QB. All right, and finally, I've got Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb as my receiver and flex. I got Tua as my quarterback, Cole Komet as my tight end, and DeAndre Swift as my running back. So, as I said, I'm going to screenshot this. I'm going to post it as a in the form of a poll on our Twitter and, you know, uh, get everyone to vote on it. Uh, we'll see who people think immediately have the most fantasy impact, and then after a year we'll reassess it. But if you want to vote on our poll, our uh, Twitter handle is speaking of FB. So, yeah, follow us. Please find us on there. Follow, give us a follow. We are also on Instagram um, and Facebook.